Hello everybody and welcome to a podcast of biblical proportions. Meanwhile in Egypt. Ancient Egypt plays an essential role in the Bible. In the next biblical book, it is the land from which the Hebrew slaves will flee. In Genesis though, Egypt is a refuge from hunger and hardship, a haven if you will. It is here Joseph the Hebrew will rise to greatness. Egypt has always been a regional superpower for the people of the ancient Near East, the one constant in the never-ending game of musical chairs of Mesopotamia and the Levant. Incredibly, as glorified warlords were fighting it out everywhere else, the structure of Egyptian politics and culture have remained stable for an unfathomable span of time, slowly evolving at their own pace around the pharaoh, the pyramids, the extravagant burials, the gods, the Nile. For an Egyptian, these were all eternal. What made ancient Egypt so? What made it thrive? What made it distinct? What sustained it for 3,000 years? Let's dive in. Before we begin, just a quick shout out to a few of our recent patrons. Thank you, Abby, a damn fine cup of coffee, Susan, Jim, and Judith. Thanks. Hi, Omri. Hi, Gail. Omri, what's your like opening take? I suggest that we take a step back and not look at Egypt as like a constant geographical place. I think it's more interesting to look at it as a kind of a very, very little, little bubble of elite that probably from what we know about society and history took control on the means of ritual slash governing. Mm-hmm probably by force, probably by making alliances or offering protection, probably very similar tactics to what a crime, modern crime family will use. So it's kind of a history of crime families gone wild, hang on to power for 3,000 years by only marrying themselves, obsessing with their own mortality slash immortality, inventing and believing in cross-millennial comics. <laughs> cross-millennial <laughs> comics. Yeah, they're pantheon of gods. It's very similar to superhero worship in the manner that even they, their place in the hierarchy is replaced. Like the gods, they interche- they're, in- they're interchangeable. And they have their own history that reflects kind of a court uh, intrigues and uh, dynasties replacing another dynasty. And incest. <laughs> and incest. Just to arrange things so we, know, we have like a basic understanding of the timeline. Basically, Egyptologists, they divide ancient Egypt into an old kingdom, a middle kingdom, a new kingdom, in between intermediate periods of warlording and stuff like that. And they divide it furthermore into 31 dynasties. So that's very much like Game of Thrones, internal Game of Thrones, and ancient Egypt is widely known to be super hierarchical in the, in the fact that it was a very small elite of a few hundred people, the family of the pharaoh and uh, all the officials and their families and the masses of people who are living basically in a different uh, universe. That's why I said the crime family has gone wild. A dynasty is a very nice way of saying that a crime family took control of the government and, and, mar- started, and started to believe their own rituals as if they are if you, you know, take control of the government in a society and a hierarchy and a tradition that the people on top are divine themselves, then yes, then you become from a crime family that marries 
in between themselves just to preserve the purity of the blood, you have a nice word of saying that, and you call it a dynasty. So just a little bit of a context, how did this concept of uh, ancient Egypt as one political entity uh, came to be? Emerged. Emerged. So the last ice age ended, ended like 10,000 uh, BCE, and then the Sahara was green. Mm. It was like a savanna. You have all kinds of archaeological remnants yeah. all throughout what is now a desert, an arid desert. And then with the climate change, people just slowly gathered and gathered around this one place, the Nile, bringing with them like their herding uh, yeah. lifestyle. So you had like a mix of like agriculture and herding all around uh, the Nile. Yeah. And there, again, those ritual practices of probably burial started to, you know, become more and more important. Yeah. You had like City of the Dead. Right, it's, it's like a very Egyptian thing, yeah. like the, the Valley of the King, the Dead, <laughs> and the Tutankhamun. Exactly. So they had cities, oh, cities of dead people before they had cities of living people, <laughs> and then pretty quickly they started to to have cities urbanized very quickly, warlords, warlords, and then uh, Narmer in whatever thirty one hundred BCE took control of what is the Upper Nile and the Lower, lower Nile. Nile. It's yeah. kind of confusing because it's the opposite of the ma map. So yeah. whatever, the South Nile and the North, North Nile. Uh, yeah. The Southern Nile and the Northern Nile. Like from the Delta all the way to South of Egypt or North of Sudan yeah. today. So basically our scope today up to how today uh, people who take the Bible uh, literally and yeah. try to put it on a timeline where they imagine where we're at now, yeah. the end of Genesis. Yeah. That's supposed to be like 1700 BCE, 1600 BCE-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So up to now, you know, this is like very, very ancient. We already had like four, five hundred years of the Old Kingdom. And then after, and before that, we had a, whatever dynastic uh, period before it became like a superpower, yeah. just like before that it, was just, it wasn't as expansive. Then uh, whatever, the Old Kingdom, an intermediate period, and then again, the yeah. Middle Kingdom. So that's like uh, a very, very, very long history, and we're and we're very early in the yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so just to get a little bit into more details, just understand what kind of political and cultural evolution and context. Let's contrast ancient Egypt to Mesopotamia, and later we can contrast it to to the ancient market. China. Yeah. We had uh, previous episodes about uh, those two uh, ancient lands. So first of all, we have to start with the geography. Yeah. Mesopotamia, you have two uh, uh, very strong rushing rivers, the Euphrates and the Tigris, and all kinds of uh, little rivers that go uh, in between. Yeah. They are very unpredictable. Their courses change all the time. Yeah. You have mountains to the east and to the north, and you have a desert uh, yeah. to the east. And here, it's like the, uh, as we said, it's like the prime real estate, and people are coming from the outside trying to get their peace. Yeah, in so Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia. So that creates a kind of Game of Thrones of war, like warlords mm -hmm. who then try to hold on. They hold on for a little bit, then someone replaces yeah. them. Hold on, make alliances, etc. Here, the, you have the Nile which in our conversations, uh, Omri, you mentioned, it's mostly straight, uh, like from the, yeah. the delta all the way, way, way down south yeah. before it starts to get a little yeah. bit uh, curvy. So 
It's basically one geographical area yeah. in terms of climate yeah. and way of life. Like everybody If you look lives... at it as an organism, then it's a straight vein with no clogs in the vein. Right. And in ancient Mesopotamia, you had like, a, yes. how do you say it? A blood clogs and heart attacks. And yes. You couldn't even <laughs> so, uh, right. rely on the currents of the right. rivers because they could change 50 years later. Yes. And sometimes that reflected that... Climate change reflected political change. And in the Nile, the Nile is the, very predictable. The Nile very is predictable. like the perfect place to live in. Not the Nile. Ancient Egypt, that geographical place. From the north to the south. It's like the perfect place to live in the ancient world. Because it's warm and deserty like dry, but you have access to water. You have vegetation next to the water. And you can have crops and crops. agriculture. And wind, it's a valley. That's nice. The currents and the floods and the seasons are all predictable. So you have a supply, a massive supply of food. And the, the weather is not cold, so you don't need so many shelters. It's like a perfect balance without some kind of a super advanced technology like we yes. have here in modern times. Your basic needs... As like a citizens o- citizen of the ancient world in Egypt, it pr- probably had it better, <laughs> even w- though it, you, were, you were, didn't have any access to power and access to power. No. So I would say that the, that the people in power in ancient Egypt, they had, they had it the easiest out of, I don't know, maybe all of the other yeah. ancient uh, governments. So they have the desert all around them. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to amass an army. And bring it all the way over across the Sahara. It's not, you know, obviously, like nobody really did yeah. it. They do have neighbors from the south that are uh, about, like, there are, there are many, many similarities with them. Uh, Kushim, the, yeah, Kushites, the Kushites, or the Namibians, whatever yeah, you want, to, also you want to call in them. The Bible. And they also have the, the same ancestral veneration mm-hmm. and stuff, but it's just a little bit different because there the Nile starts to curve yeah. and then you have like more micro civilizations. Yeah. And they have uh, the, the, the land of uh, Israel, <laughs> like whatever, the Levant. as uh, the Levant, as a, a, a narrow bridge yeah. mm-hmm. that separates them, and it's a desert, separates yeah. them from all those crazy Mesopotamians mm-hmm. on the other side of even the Arabian Peninsula. Yeah. So they have buffers everywhere that do not prevent people going back and forth, but kind of prevent armies from going back and forth. So they don't have a lot of military threats. And this is why they, they were only conquered like uh, whatever, year 600 BC yeah. or 700 BC. Yeah. And they had existed in some way or another since uh, whatever, 3500 BC yeah. mm-hmm. until somebody came in and was able to conquer them. And then still their culture prevailed. Yeah, because it was too old and too ancient to just let go. Yeah, you can't. So just imagine like the predictability of life and rule and just like stretch that over millennials. a, a millennia. Millennials. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even like the perception of time, we, we talked about it. Like since the, the pandemic, our perception of time for even like the period pre-pandemic, yeah. <laughs> it's just like hard, harder now to to know when, what exactly happened in yeah. 2020 and 2021. Yeah. Was that four years ago? It's very, very hard. Our perception of time has changed. Even people like us only, who we can count years and remember years because of, you know, sports events yeah. and championships. Yeah. 
now it's harder. So now we have like a peak. We also got older, so maybe it's that. Maybe, yeah, but everybody got older. <laughs> so maybe that's like a peak into what yeah. their perception the of mentality. time was. The mentality. Yeah. Just like take that, but that it has always been like this. You, you know, the pharaoh is the pharaoh. It, it can be Tutankhamun the third or yeah. Ahmenatop the second, mm-hmm. whatever. This family, that family, pharaoh. Yeah. Nile, Nile. Yeah. Gods, gods. Pyramids, pyramids. Oh, everything is always the same. And here we can, we can compare and contrast to China. China also... French and also stagnated, but yeah. Continue. Okay. Continue. We can argue about that. So we, we talked about ancient China, how you basically, you could say, for, we're going to simplify it, a few different, somewhat similar peoples who live in, in a good habitat that, yeah. you know, promotes... Uh, fertile grounds. Fertile grounds for food and cooperation and culture, yeah. not too many uh, threats to yeah. your life constantly and to your culture. Yeah. And have that, you know, be within itself mostly for 2,000 years. Yeah. Here, it's basically one mostly like very similar people who live yeah. in the same area yeah. like we, we talked about it before the recording same area only. that is a similar area the Chinese people lived in the same area but one place was a hill one place was a swamp one place was a desert and that's very different yeah. and very important yeah. like different cultures swamp, swamp culture mountain culture different needs different societal needs cultural needs right. ritual needs etiquette yeah. different ways of doing things yeah. of understanding the world exactly here it's like you have the Nile Valley and everything is around it, and it's mostly straight yeah. for the whole time. But they're, they don't have the island mentality like uh, in China because they constantly interact yeah. with the other cultures around them, cultures that are starkly different. Interact, trade, go to war, but I don't know if there's an example of like intermarriages between Egyptians and like other kingdoms. That's very important. They're very important and very different than other cultures like the, the yes. Hittite king could have married like with the I don't know yeah, the Babylonian like, uh, Solomon yeah. uh, in the Bible he uh, married exactly. uh, the queen of uh, Shva yeah he married a thousand uh, women women <laughs> <laughs> but all the others were Jewish <laughs> the Egyptian culture is very communicative it's incredibly communicative it's incredibly iconic I I might argue that it's the most iconic. It's uh, literally iconic. Literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah, they invented the icons. The icons. Literally invented the icons. And just, you know, whatever, Googling to see like the most uh, famous or recurring Egyptian symbols, you just look at them and they're all just awesomely designed, awesomely iconic, like brands, like wow. They're all, it's not weird. Or, no, they're all beautiful. So nobody else came around with anything better or just forced them to change or came in with their own stuff. So once they got their shit figured out, it was, they just made it all the more awesome and they didn't want to change it. Yeah. Just uh, evolved slowly, you know, adding more layers, changing the gods. Yeah, they stuff. had a very, very, very specific style. Like you recognize a director with that style, the iconic, the minimalism sort of, the eye with the icon and... Uh, even their rulers, unlike their brothers, not sisters, <laughs> brothers in Mesopotamia, yeah, brothers they shaved. Other mothers. They shaved. Right. Everything. Yeah, they shaved their faces. It's very, very uh, different. And then they put on a wig and a fake beard. And make makeup, yeah, probably makeup everybody. Makeup. Did. No, makeup, probably everybody had makeup. 
Even the mm-hmm. Mesopotamians, they had makeup. Ah, no, yeah. But the wig? Wig? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. But, but also, it's kind of a silly wig. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a... So if the beard for the whatever Mesopotamian uh, king was a wig, it was just like an awesome... Mm-hmm. Fearsome manly yeah. wig, strong beard game, strong beard, <laughs> exactly strong beard game, and just like the Mesopotamians, even the way they, you know, they imagine themselves, we see it on their carvings, muscular, manly men. Yeah, the Egyptian elite, they imagine themselves, they portray themselves as uh, more uh, feminine and feminine, skinny. yeah, delicate, more delicate. Yeah, you can if you want to say that delicate is a feminine quality. So uh, boom, uh, fail. Yeah. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> we were talking about it uh, again before the recording. On we how every elite ever, its first order of business is to differentiate itself mm-hmm. from the non-elite. Yeah. And what happens when you are able to <laughs> hold on to power for three thousand years? Yeah. You just like your universe and and the other people in your political uh, yeah. entity. You're, you're totally different universes. So I, I imagine maybe this purity has, like, again, trying to differentiate themselves. Here, it's clean. You can see the designs are clean. The lines are clean. The hieroglyphics are clean. Yeah. The, hi- the cuneiform is not clean. It changed. It started as, a, as an image. You had different styles, and then it evolved like a language. Here, and it's a, it's, boom. It's a, more dissimilar to a drawing cuneiform. It's yes. a code language, basically. Yeah, it's, it's more similar yeah, it to... Yeah, it started, and then it... Just yeah. like deteriorated, quote-unquote, yeah. or whatever, evolved it's, into lines. It's, its main purpose is to be practical. Yes, to, yes, 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 yes. It's, it's The main use of cuneiform was papers. And yeah, and communication. Com- papers, communications, and contracts. Yes, and, 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 and here. Receipts. And here. A, a lot of receipts. Lot of receipts. The, that's something that is very similar to... You can say it's anachronistic to call it branding, because you, as like a serious Western scholar you add like a ritual aspect to it. But then let's ask ourselves this question. If the branding of Nike doesn't have some kind of a ritualistic aspect itself, and if you look at their mythology, their art explaining their mythology, you can say it's kind of anachronistic to call it comics, even though it was literally comics. Comic books. Comic books. Paintings with uh, words (laughs) next to it, (laughs) to them. And then another one, and then another one, and it progresses. Yeah, and you say it's not comics and comic books. It's like if comic book, it's kind of a comic book worship because you have like some kind of a spiritual ritual added value to it. But even now, people, some people, take uh, comic books very, very, very seriously. Yeah, yeah. Every detail, every aspect, the mythology. Some people, as part of their enjoyment from the comic book, is to have a consistent world that doesn't contradict itself. Most people don't care. They had the first edition of Superman. He had uh, uh, yellow underpants. And the last uh, edition, he had uh, brown yes. underpants. It's, it's not uh, that important. For us. The difference from here and the ancient world that the people who took the comic books very, very, very seriously had much more access to power and creation, creating those artworks, creating the culture and preserving the culture. For thousands of years. Yeah. Here... They have less power, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> for now, for now. But imagine the world will be destroyed. If you want to have a better understanding of ancient times, you can do some kind of a thought experiment and imagine what will happen if tomorrow the world will be destroyed and some aspect of modern day society that you know personally will survive. 
in these instances, let's say the American comic books industry will be the only thing that is survived. And people will look at this period and think that we uh, worshipped Superman, but then later became another god uh, came another god. His name is Batman. He has different uh, strengths than Superman. Superman is the strongest. But now the Batman cult is much more popular. And in this period, we can see that for 50 years, people really liked Batman. But then came Aquaman. And he had like only five years of worship because it was really cool for one, two, three editions. But then uh, the cult of Superman said that we forgot the cult of Superman. We need to re- restore order to the Superman, the real yeah. God. And burn the Aquaman uh, burn books. The, the Aquaman <laughs> and the Spider-Man and, the Spider-Man and all those uh, heathens. Yes. But then when that guy gets replaced, you bring uh, back uh, a different order. So basically what you're and saying... The, those future archaeologists will look at comments on the internet and they will, <laughs> and they will actually believe that people actually worshipped and believed those char- that okay. those characters exist. And this is a reference to the changing uh, pantheon, how at one time this DT overtakes the other DT and is more hip, and then sometimes it goes back, and then it changes and evolves over time. It's kind of like they had an understanding of the power of branding. Yes. It's kind of like they had this ancient uh, control group that they uh, tested <laughs> their different uh, icons and saw what works the uh, best. Logo. Yeah, you can see the Nike brand, which is kind of an Egyptian brand out, uh, upside yeah, down. Yeah, 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 the eye. And yeah. the, the Amazon with the smiley. It's, it's uh-huh. a, you know, Netflix with that big red. It's an understanding boom, boom. of branding and that kind of line of thinking maybe what kept them in power for so long so speaking of uh, amazon and uh, netflix Omri, so apparently i've heard that those are very large and rich corporations yeah they do their best yeah they don't even pay taxes yeah <laughs> and uh, some of them treat their workers very 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 poorly yeah but that's how it was being always <laughs> will be and uh, and the owner of one of those companies, he's also he also seems to be obsessed yeah. about you know his own his own uh, immortality. Maybe yeah. maybe you know in the stars. Yeah. Uh, those two companies, you know, a lot of people uh, give them uh, their uh, hard earned money. Yeah. For content. Yeah. And uh, some of it is good content. They subscribe to them. They subscribe to them. Yeah. They pay them uh, ten or fifteen or seven yeah. whatever dollars uh, a month uh, for content. And, yeah. You know, this is just like. Putting your, you know, little coin, yeah. not even in a jar, just like on a huge pile of money that immediately when the coin is there, you can't even see it anymore yeah, because like so many coins. You're throwing there. a coin into the safe of uh, Uncle Scrooge, the <laughs> uncle of uh, Donald Duck, you know, from the from the old uh, ancient Disney uh, expanded universe. <laughs> but you know that same coin, if you throw it, you know, like in a tip jar. Yeah. Maybe every time you go to the, your favorite coffee place, you know, you get coffee, you give a little bit to the people who prepared the coffee. Yeah. That coin goes uh, a much longer way when you mm-hmm. give it to, you know, some of your fellow uh, 99 percenters. Yeah. And speaking of 99 percenters, <laughs> we have a subscription uh, <laughs> deal. What a seamless transition. It's not as expensive as uh, Netflix, uh, unless you want to, or uh, Amazon or Disney Plus, but uh, we have a Patreon page and uh, you can contribute uh, from $3, $1 even, or $10. Yeah, or we have like tiers. It starts with $10,000. <laughs> 
It's patreon.com slash biblical proportions, patreon.com slash biblical proportions. And basically, you know, you know that those uh, dollars or euros, uh, whatever it is, uh, they know. go to our pockets <laughs> and we drink the coffee. Yes, directly. We, yeah. We will see the coin yeah. that you throw to us and it will also make us happy. And, and we will bite the coin like in the movies. <laughs> Let's bring it back a moment to the compare and contrast with ancient China because there are a lot of similarities that result from the lack of constant physical threat yeah. on, on your culture. So they have their own elaborate writing system that just that they keep for themselves they don't mm -hmm. there's no reason to change which is also anything. very artistic and yeah yes very artistic that they try that, that they start to worship mm -hmm. itself and you have the death rituals that i think once if a culture is you know like is very continuous yeah. the same piece of land then it will inevitably create Uh, elaborate cultures mm -hmm. around death and yeah. ancestry veneration. Mm -hmm. We can see that in all kinds of indigenous uh, peoples who, who, who can trace 10, 20 generations to the past. Obviously, once you can... It's a very powerful feeling. It's a very power so, yeah. oh, you know, like my grandmother's grandfather, okay, that's my Turkish side, he was an Ottoman bard. Uh, a bard in the Ottoman Empire. Bard, yes, a bard in the Ottoman Empire. He has a Wikipedia entry. <laughs> he played for the Sultan in 1911. Wow. He made recordings. The reason he is a historical figure for people who are interested in that kind of thing because he recorded himself late 19th century, early 20th century. Mm. So you can actually hear uh, what kind of music Jewish bards in yeah. what is today Turkey played. And now that I know this, <laughs> it's important to me. Yeah, 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 of course. But let's say... I knew that 10 generations, at least, we are all bards. Mm -hmm. uh, you try to imagine how important that is for you and the Nile working like clockwork. And the same, in, in, in some way, you are a bard right now. You're a storyteller of sorts, telling people <laughs> their heritage and their history. <laughs> You know, now that you said that, you know, it makes me feel something. It yeah. works. It yeah. works on an emotional level. So take that across. Yeah, that's why you need years. to kill other people. <laughs> the, yeah. they, they didn't bother so much killing other people. That's another thing. I mean, another similarity between ancient China and ancient Egypt. The two continuous cultures that evolved over time. It was less expansive beyond their quote unquote natural habitat. It took them, it's like only what is outside our scope now, yeah. like the new kingdom, that's yeah. when they started to be expansive. They yeah. were like, no, we just like our stuff. Mm -hmm. It's very stable. And, and again, like uh, ancient China, they have you know, yin and yang. They also have like a sense of duality, life and death, chaos yeah. and harmony because of their intermediate periods. Again, like the Chinese, they have like a, an ancient memory of chaos yeah. that's very scary yeah. for them. Harmony is very important. Then you have something like the qi energy, the ka, yeah. the oneness, uh, atam, and like something like feng shui also, yeah. similar, I don't know, it's my interpretation, mat, like a, like a good way, hmm. you know, energetic way for yeah. the world to be, you know, uh, harmonious yeah. or something like that. A mentality that is afraid of chaos because it has some ancient memory of separation and yes. uh, brotherly, whatever, imagine, imagining themselves as brothers 
quarreling and fighting and killing each other. Yes, they have stories about brothers. We're going to see that in the next episode. Yeah. They have stories about brothers. So this longevity obviously breeds conservatism. There's no reason to change. It's working. Yeah, it's working. For 3,000 years, it's working. Why yeah. would it change? And an entrenched uh, elite and bureaucracy. Yeah. That is also venerated as time goes on. Again, like the ancient Chinese. Yeah. They also now have their tombs. Mm-hmm. This official, that official. The mindset of the people who took control of ancient Egypt for thousands of years was... was very much different than the people who wrote the Bible. Even though the Bible itself was also an elitist product, a lot of their stories were commissioned by elites, elites telling their own stories because elites want answers to questions that regular people yeah. don't have. But it's, uh, it's like a difference between a millionaire and a billionaire. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Those elites were, you know, it was very much different than the Egyptians. They had a pantheon of gods. They had like a back... backlog <laughs> of many gods the people who wrote the Bible they had, were under the rest yeah much the rest they needed just this one narrative yes. just this local their dependency on their local deity is much more like other small yes yes mini kingdoms yes. around them like their stress and anxiousness is all throughout the yeah. mythology yeah you don't have any of that in no. the Egyptian mythology you no. have no stress it's very comfortable you have a period of stress some yes. mythologies when set took uh, Osiris place in the okay, but that's kingdom. I think uh, for the yeah, next meanwhile but yeah, yeah, yeah but that's yeah but, but let's say it's if you like try to compare cultures in the in a lab this is like the closest thing we could have to a culture that worked was very effective in terms of you know it's the elite who created mm-hmm. the culture right worked was sustained as as much without interruptions as you have yeah in the world obviously you had that Saudi influences and you know different people pulling on their different directions yeah. but as much if you look at it as a lab and you can see why they didn't want to change it because I said it's work like if I stop some random person on the street I show them a statue or a building and uh, whatever on my phone I said can you tell me if this is uh, Greek or Roman I don't know if they can tell the difference between or you know An Akkadian statue, a Babylonian statue, no, a Syrian st- statue, no. you know, an Austrian painting, a French yeah. painting. Every person on the street, you, saw, you, uh, you show them one of the most yeah. iconic uh, Egyptian buildings or art forms. Or, it's like, okay, this is ancient Or even an icon. You say, what is this? Uh, it's something Egyptian maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it, for me, it's the Schiphol airport of ancient. Schiphol. Schiphol. <laughs> That's the Amsterdam airport. Apparently, the Dutch are super advanced with design. Like, it's very important for them, the design. And you walk around this airport. I've been to many airports. And just like, you know where you're going. It's nice. It's pleasant. It's, it works. Hmm. It works. <laughs> just like you walk and you feel no stress. You're comfortable. Okay, this is, okay. This is. You have no like, okay, where? where? Okay, I see this is the sign. None of that. The arrows are clear. Everything is just like... Like the, you know, user experience of the, of the ancient uh, yeah. Egyptian, uh, you know, culture is just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. But they did have stress. 
but they have the uh, stress of the people who are the very, 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 very top of the food chain. The same stress that we, talk about, we talked about in the Mesopotamia. But here it's more stress because they can look a thousand years to the past. So it's like accumulated stress. Mm. Okay, and then go on. They were obsessed with the afterlife. It's maybe not that stressful if you totally, totally believe as a fact that there is yeah. an afterlife. The fact that they created such elaborate rituals <laughs> show, <laughs> reveals that they were very they stressed were, about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were very stressed to do it the right way in order for you to prosper in the afterlife. But the Hebrews, ancient Hebrews, had nothing to do with the afterlife. They had no obsession with that. They, no. There was more about surviving in this world, getting, yes. getting favors from your God here, now, defeating your enemies, yeah. uh, blessing yeah. your clan. Yeah, and we don't have like a huge, amazing tomb. We yeah. have the tomb of the patriarchs. It's patriarchs. over yeah. there in the field between yeah. the tree. We bought that from a donkey, the whatever. <laughs> yeah. A phone, whatever, the yeah. Hittite person. From yeah, the yeah, pe- yeah, pencil see, guy. I have, the, I have the receipts. Yeah, You don't need receipts for the pyramids. No. <laughs> so, you know. they're the fir- <laughs> in their mythology, their first pharaoh was a god, like one of the goddesses. Yeah, very different. When I say crime family gone wild, it means that they drank their Kool-Aid yes. for generations and yes. generations. It was good Kool-Aid. Yeah, Very they looked them, at themselves as a closed unit, a family unit that can trace back their ancestry. And everybody else, literally everybody else outside of the family is worthless or his, their worth is only in its relation to the crime family itself. That's probably... The same story across time and most, most of the human history ever since that there were kingdoms and civilizations. Warlords who are basically crime families who won some sort of a game. If that game is a big game, then they create kingdoms. And if that game is a huge, huge, humongous game, then they create empires. But empires is a relatively new okay. phenomenon And also Egypt history. was an empire for a short span of time. Again, for geographical reasons, yeah. because what protected it also inhibited it from going yeah. across and conquering other places. If you take an example from Israeli history, one of the highest points of Israel as a kingdom in ancient times were the dynasty of Omri. <laughs> My namesake. <laughs> Not exactly. I'm a name... After him, but yeah. yeah. And the kingdom itself, by different rulers, different sources, was named Omerite or Omerite. They, the, the name of the place was usually was called on the dynasty's name, the founder of the dynasty. So Egypt, it may, it's maybe different, but imagine, it's, I don't know, imagine the Kardashians ruling all over a place that is easy to govern like Egypt, ancient Egypt. A luscious place, fertile place, without any uh, objections or haters from outside. <laughs> And they right. are obsessed no with haters. their own image, obsessed with their own purity, obsessed mm. with their own branding, yes. obsessed with their own, I don't know, telling their, their crime family. But only they are crime family, I think not the, fact, the Kardashians. The fact that there's no Twitter, nobody sending them mean tweets. Like they're not fighting against the current, right? Yeah. Those Egyptian elites. Like they are with the current. Yeah. And they just like, you have this old, old money yeah. mentality. Ancient money. It's, it's like, 
Literally ancient yeah, money. It's not like you're some, uh, some family from uh, upstate New York who can trace your uh, yes. ancestry to the Dutch people who uh, came to uh, New right. Amsterdam, whatever. Yeah. It's not, it's, no, it's not, it's that. not that, that old money. It's ancient money. Right. Uh, yeah. Wow. It's the, the different scale. Like if you read something about ancient Egypt, then you probably know this line that uh, for Cleopatra, circa 30 BCE, the first pharaoh, that she is now kind of a continuation yes. of that pharaoh, was 3,000 years ago. Yes. And, and we now are, yeah. we are only 2,000 years <laughs> yes. after Cleopatra. So it's ancient yeah. money. I think, I think uh, to that point only, I think we, like, there is no single person alive now that even, no matter how elitist they are, Bezos, Elon Musk, whatever, the Clintons, yeah. all, whatever, the Bushes, it's a magnitude over and yeah. over and over and over. And look how much effort was needed to take it down. <laughs> <laughs> the Egyptian entrenched elite was able to hold power for 3,000 years. Let's see how long our 21st century entrenched elite uh, will survive. So just, just to wrap things up, a few notes you know, that I found cool while researching uh, ancient Egypt. Yeah. So they were big on growing wheat. So weed? Uh, wheat, weed, all, mm. weed, I don't think so now. Uh, so they were big on bread and beer. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah, were yeah. Drinking beer all day yeah. long. It was fermented. So That's the twist too. in the plot. Why they gone wild? Why the uh, <laughs> crime family's gone wild? They, you had less access to water than you had to, to be, clean water. To clean water, tasty water, than to beer. Yeah, because the Nile, they were shitting yeah. the Nile. This is the same with the Ganges. This is yeah, like yeah. the one flaw in having an amazing river <laughs> is that you immediately ruin it. Yeah, you know, I've been to Varanasi. And the sun comes in and hits hits the the guts the steps yeah. that along uh, along the Ganges. We've back. also been to Varanasi, yeah. and like seven a.m. it's already super hot. And the the, the one thing that you want more yeah. <laughs> most in the world is just like going into the river, and it's such a good good river. And the water, you know, if you go to the sources of the yeah. Ganges, it's just like with so many minerals. It's just like the best shower you've ever had. Yeah. But then you go and shit in it, and, yeah. <laughs> and that becomes a problem. But uh, the local people, they go, they shower in the Gangas. That is correct. And when uh, tourists do that, then, you know, uh, they have rashes on their skins Im- immediately. And yeah, it doesn't it. mean that uh, it's not good for you. It means that it's not good for tourists. <laughs> no, it's not good for anybody. It's, very, it's like the most polluted river in the world. It's yeah, horrible. even for... It's, uh, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Like the, the, levels, yeah, no, 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 the levels of uh, shit... In it. That is condescending <laughs> and colonial. <laughs> this is science. <laughs> Numbers. So some uh, more uh, tidbits. So they started their uh, evolving uh, death rituals, burial rituals yeah. uh, in pits. Okay, for like um, pits that became more and more elaborate. Then they started mummifying people. It's, you know, the terrain is very conducive dry, yeah. uh, for that, very dry. 3600 BCE started with mummification and, yeah. and just the constantly improved mm. in that in just incredible incredible ways and uh, then with elaborate tombs and there you know the purity thing and the cleanliness versus the dirtiness of the outside yeah. world you know maybe it works even in the burial rituals where they start to take out the the organs the messy organs mm. and put them in a jar and then close the body just like everything is clean yeah and pure and no orderly orderly yes yeah. 
and the pyramids that's 2500 bce yeah okay that's the biggest one no the, biggest the second ones. biggest one yeah the, the, the like the two biggest ones yeah they were the tallest buildings in the world yeah. for about 3500 years yeah. something of the sort yeah just an incredible achievement that also goes to show the political power of the people who build them because this mm -hmm. is a multi-year project and the kind of control political control yeah. like outright control but also cultural control yeah. and also psychic ma materialistically abundance a plenty maintaining this kind of a human project without any resources basic resources that's yes. in the ancient world that's and, amazing and not giving the 99.9 percent .9 of the people reason to revolt yeah like they had to have a good enough life for them to be yeah. you know, comfortable with own with, you know uh, within whatever their own strata in society yeah okay i'm sure their life wasn't you know we're not romanticizing that but it's different than in Mesopotamia, yeah. where you could be just killed <laughs> in a war. Or, I don't know if it's that different. Or more yeah. predatory. More predatory. More predatory. Yeah. yeah, you could get enlisted to the army forcibly, forcibly, and then yeah. you know you have more chances of dying. But and even, uh, even the, then, in, even the ancient Egypt, yeah, uh, they they used other people. <laughs> they used other people for their own grandizement and uh, yes, like, fantasies. Like the like their stability, like the good side in this elite stability that I'm not yeah. <laughs> in favor of is that they didn't go to war so much <laughs> yeah less uh, they were less violent like just like in the if you count the bodies yeah, yeah, yeah body yeah. count yeah yeah less aggressively in your nose violence yes towards the road yeah. people or towards the outside yeah. it's just like they don't even see other people just like imagine if you are a person going into the palace of the pharaoh mm -hmm. that has already been there for a thousand years mm -hmm. forever forever just like imagine the grandiosity and how everything is just like beautiful yeah. and grand yeah. and you see this pharaoh and all the people and it's all coordinated and all and everything is just fine just yeah. fine we need to have a word that is more than fine to say what is egyptian culture yeah it's like its products it's just like super uber fine yeah okay 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 so let's wrap it up let's wrap it up first of all thank you everybody for yeah. uh, listening uh, if you want to check out uh, our Patreon page, yeah. we'll also leave a link in the description. It's patreon.com slash biblical proportions. And of course, we want to thank all the listeners who in the past week, uh, after we posted an episode about it, have joined our Patreon uh, page to become a member of the show. Thank you very much. Uh, every kind of support uh, would be appreciated. Yeah. And now we have only two more episodes left for Genesis. One about the rise of, jo of Joseph to greatness in Egypt, yeah. a good Egypt, a positive Egypt. We'll see that. And it's a very Egyptian story. Let's say it's the most Egyptian story of all of what we've read so far. So stick around and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Bye.